fuck's happening? Oh, oh man. Shit, man. Oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Why the fuck did you do that? Well, I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. Oh, man, I seen some crazy-ass shit in my time, but this, this, this... Welcome everybody, this is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. Ruggero, in front of this microphone. It was a little bit of a sunny day, but unpredictable. Vancouver broadcasting on unceded Maskim land here on CIDR Radio 101.9 FM. We're gonna get to our guests right after the soundtrack of Alien. Everybody, enjoy. Ciao a tutti, Roomtone here. We talk movies because we love it. What a guest we have today in the booth with us, ready to share some passion and love for the craft. This is director Chris Hine. How are you doing, Chris? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you around here. Passion is uh, the menu of the day for uh, the all filmmakers out there. Uh, I'll let you know uh, how to get in touch if you want to reach over here. But first, things first, who are you, Chris? Oh, such a huge question. Uh, <laughs> I'm a filmmaker, I'm a composer, I'm a scriptwriter, I'm a soccer player, oh, nice. I'm a lover of life, I'm a spiritual man. Um, oh, I could go on and on. Beautiful, beautiful, nice. Woo, can feel the energy already. Well, we are all tied up here for filmmaking, actually. So... I want to ask you, uh, why filmmaking for such a multifaceted personality like yourself? Why filmmaking? Well, it all kind of just fell into place. Uh, I got got my start um, script writing, and then um, I used to play in bands when I lived in Toronto, and that led into uh, me as a composer. 
And I did composing for a long, long time and then uh, decided that maybe I should uh, get out from behind the scenes and uh, get into the limelight and um, um, start making my own projects instead of working on other people's projects. And uh, I think it was just a natural progression from uh, accumulating all that knowledge from script writing and composing. Uh, I've done some on set stuff as well, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of um, location sound. Awesome. So yeah, just a natural progression. Nice. What is the part of filmmaking that uh, uh, you get attracted to the most? Uh, I think it's just being able to combine so many art forms into one passion, mm. right? Uh, the music supports whatever the visuals are doing and the visuals visuals are just, um, you know, outstanding, mm. beautiful, mm. outrageous, mm. everything, right? Nice. It's so just a... It really, the way you talk really, really mirrors the way you are and, and bring, coming and getting, touching all these fields and bringing everything together. Absolutely, absolutely. I think you kind of just touched on it there or just triggered me. It's, it's, as a creative person, sometimes music just isn't enough or sometimes words mm. just aren't enough. But with filmmaking, it's everything, right? Oh, beautiful yeah. words from Chris over here. <laughs> nice. So let's get to the meat. Uh, what, is, what are you working on right now? Uh, my big project right now is called The Encounter, mm. uh, which is going to be a short documentary. I'm not really sure how long it's going to be yet, because that uh, all depends on editing and, and mm-hmm. how the flow goes. Uh, but it's a spiritual, paranormal um, investigation by myself mm. uh, about a spiritual, paranormal uh, event that happened to me a number of years ago. Oh, wow. And the whole gist of the documentary is to tell people what happened to me and then um, ask them on camera... Uh, what they think happened to me in their area of expertise. Mm-hmm. So um, I've interviewed people all over the map. Um, for example, a transpersonal psychologist, mm-hmm. uh, the head of UFOBC, uh, various religious uh, leaders, uh, Hindu priest, um, a Muslim imam, wow. uh, a Christian preacher, Um, really exploring all the corners of the room, eh? Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Um, I mean, I think they all, as a spiritual guy, I'm not really interested in organized religion, but I think mm-hmm. there's some lessons to be learned in every oh, yeah. every area. Oh, right? yeah, so, indeed, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So what, uh, of those encounters throughout your journey, when, when did you start with this project here? Oh, a number of years ago. The, the actual um, incident happened in 2000. Okay. And uh, I knew immediately that I had to do something creative. Mm. It was just like almost being led that way. And uh, I tried to self-finance it for a long, long time and then kind of realized um, as kind of debt mm. <laughs> accumulated, this mm. maybe isn't the right way to go about yeah. it. <laughs> and I didn't have any guides at the time, right? Yeah. I, I was, uh, like I said, I was only into the composing side mm-hmm. of things. So I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and, but I got a, a few really great interviews in and um, then I left it uh, on the shelf for a while because I had tried for funding with Canada Council and mm-hmm. BC Arts Council and various other organizations, mm-hmm. I think at the NFB. And uh, everyone seemed interested, but no one was willing to mm. uh, pony up the dough. So I kind of just left it on the shelf for a while. Um, and, and I'm a kind of a believer in everyone, everything and everyone yeah. has its time. Yeah. So I was fine with that. And then I, uh, my friends just uh, encouraged me, and I've got the knowledge now that uh, I just uh, kind of said, well, let's get back to it because I think I'm ready now to finish it. Perfect. Yeah. So throughout this journey here, starting, you know, it's, it's a long journey, but what, what has been the one thing, apart from the encounter that we're going to reach later, what has been the one thing, if there was one spe- specific thing uh, that uh, filled you up? 
Uh, I'd have to say the um, desire in almost everyone to help me. Uh, nice. Yeah, the people who I've interviewed have just been, um, you know, they've given me their right arm if I asked for it kind of thing without hesitation. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I interview people or tell people about this at a, you know, a socializing event or something like that, uh, invariably... 90% of the people I talk to say, oh, yeah, my uh, my uncle, one time he had this experience, and it's, like, so <laughs> wacky. <laughs> I'm like, wow, like, this happens all the time. Like, it's not just a particular event that happened to me. And one of the reasons I wanted to make this film is uh, for those people who aren't like me and mm-hmm. aren't afraid to, uh, you know, go up against the status quo or, or just mm-hmm. say what happened to them. You know, they want to, they're worried about what the Joneses say and all that kind of stuff, right? I just wanted to, for, for them to see the film and say, hey, it's okay. You know, it happens yeah. to everybody and you're not a freak and uh, you're not a weirdo. This is, this is a great way to open a door, eh? Uh, Absolutely. To a world that is way, way bigger than, than what people could even imagine, you know? Because the spirit, especially the, the, you know, talking about spiritual world in quotes, you know, spirituality as an essence, you know, it becomes so delicate, you know, and the line is so thin and at the same time is blurred. And I believe that that's where you start to notice and embrace the beauty of humanity. Because the fact that we can feel, the fact that we can breathe, you know, there is, there is, the, it's when we started dancing and when we started singing that we truly understood that we were immortal, you know. And it's that creative spark that is probably right now leading you through this journey to really fuel this spiritual uh, essence, you know. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, and your words are, are very well received. Um, I think my personal feeling spiritually is that we we are all abo- we're all born to love and that mm-hmm. that is all right <laughs> this is amazing mm-hmm. um, and so this uh, your your last question about you know what has it opened up or, or or anything like that i think it's helping people not just myself to open up again and to remember who they are you know cuz Man, this world is messed up, right? Oh yeah, we can. We're just yeah. yeah, we could go on. We could yeah, for days, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for days on that. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, instead of thinking about you know what Donald Trump said yesterday or whatever mm-hmm. like that, it's just like well, stop thinking about that world yeah. and think about the inner world because that's oh, yeah. the most important one. Beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah this is gold mm, <laughs> from Chris Hind right here. Wow. Well, um, there is something that uh, that uh, I would like to explore um, before we take a little break, uh, but uh, it's something related to your own uh, past actually, and uh, what you take from your own past as an artist every day uh, to your normal life if there is a, a piece of advice or uh, so, sort of like a like a little bit of a, a condensation of life experience from someone that is as rounded as you for the people out there that will be very that will be amazing that's, that's an easy one actually mm. um, it's just simple um, do you know who um, Joseph Campbell is Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Leroy yeah. uh, Emile Volt is coming to me in, in yeah. Italian. Philosopher and uh, historian. Um, he wrote many books, but one mm-hmm. was basically on the hero as, a, as yeah. the archetype. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he said this marvelous quote, and I hope I get it right, um, is um, follow your bliss and the money will come. Mm. But, but further to that, just follow your passion. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, being locked in a nine to five job, that you hate and you hate your coworkers and you come home and you hate your life 
that's not how we were supposed to live. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, we were brought here to love, and you know, your passion is part of your love, right? Every mm-hmm. everything there is derived from love. There, there's no, there's really no other emotions or any other thing. It's it's like, if you if you don't know what your passion is, start trying different things until you find mm-hmm. it. And when you find it, you'll know because it'll just wash over you like warm. <laughs> yeah. warm liquid gold <laughs> yeah amazing man this is gonna be an amazing episode guys I'm really excited Woo! we're gonna have to take a little break and we're gonna catch up uh, here at Room Tone on CITR with Chris Hind catch you in a second
Ciao a tutti, everybody. Welcome back. This is the show for the filmmakers out there. Uh, Chris, our guest today, chose the soundtrack of Alien for us. I want to ask you, how come the soundtrack of Alien? Well, I think uh, once I tell my experience, then uh, the audience will have a little bit better idea. Uh, but it's it could uh, the ex- like I said, I'm, I'm looking for the explanations for what happened to me, and it could be spiritual, it could be alien, it could be who knows anything what. else, anything, anything. It could be me having a seizure, and <laughs> <laughs> blacking out on the street somewhere. Who knows? Well, let's dive into that experience. I'm really curious. All right. Well, this happened, like I said, in uh, 2000, and I was uh, volunteering at the uh, Vancouver Film Festival, um, which had a theater at the time on Commercial Drive. And um, I had stayed and watched a horror movie. It was around midnight and was walking home. And over at Commercial Drive, uh, just around 14th in Commercial, is a park called Clark Park, right across from the culture, uh, Croatian Cultural Center. Mm-hmm. And I was walking through the park, beautiful, beautiful, clear night, not a cloud in the sky. I can't emphasize that enough, not a cloud <laughs> okay, in the sky. Okay, okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I got uh, about halfway down through the park, and uh, I looked out over the North Shore Mountains. And... Um, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, yeah? Over the North, the North Shore Mountain? Yeah, and... Um, I looked up and uh, there, right in front of the mountains, this mist started to form and uh, it just got denser and denser and bigger and bigger. Uh, and, to, and it was so far away, it's hard to estimate how big it was, but I would say probably kilometers wide and kilometers high. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was dense and thick and I couldn't see the mountains through it anymore. And this all happened within like 20 minutes. Mm. And uh, so I was like, wow, that's the weirdest weather pattern I've ever seen. And, and, <laughs> and again, I have to emphasize no other clouds in the sky, just there. And so I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I knew that uh, I should probably get someone to, co- to corroborate my story. So I looked mm-hmm. around and nobody's around. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's fine. So I kept watching and uh, the cloud went kind of uh, started to ascend and went up over mm-hmm. the mountains and it morphed into a beautiful display of green northern lights. Oh, wow. Um, which, by the way, is very rare for Vancouver mm-hmm. anyway. But it was just like, that is the second strangest weather pattern I've ever seen. And um, so I kept watching, and of course nobody was around to corroborate my story. And right in the same place in front of the mountains, another misty cloud started to form. Mm-hmm. Did the same thing. In about 20 minutes, it formed into this huge cloud about two kilometers wide and two kilometers high. And it got so big and so dense that I couldn't see the northern lights through it mm. anymore. It was blocking them. And I was like, wow, this is just, this is like totally amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> this should be on like uh, some documentary channel or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, the cloud then started to move toward me from, across, mm-hmm. from where the mountains are. And uh, it appeared that it was moving with intelligent design. Mm. You know, like it was, mm. it, had a, it had a mission. And so it came, uh, long story short, it came, came toward me, came toward me, and then all of us, at, at the end of its journey, it was right over top of me. I was right dead center um, underneath its cloud. Oh, wow. And the cloud had changed its shape into the shape of a bell. So this huge giant bell over top of me made of cloud. <laughs> wow, a huge giant bell. And, and like, like well, what happens after that? Like that is already pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it gets better. <laughs> um, so the cloud was hollow on the inside. And on the lower edge of the bell, uh, which would be probably tree level height, 
were these misty tentacles that were writhing around. Okay. Yeah, kind of like squid or octopus-like. Mm-hmm. So when I looked up through the top of the bell, um, in the very top was this circular uh, kind of vortex. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of black and swirling, and there mm-hmm. were a few colored lights in it. And uh, people often ask me at this point, um, how did I feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I got to say that I wasn't scared at all. I was just like, uh, what? Because it was right over top of me. I was like, whatever this is, it's for me. So wow. this is my experience, and I'm going to enjoy it and bring yeah. it on, man. All bring right, it on. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever it is or whatever it was, they did. Um, so on the inside edge of the bell, um, the shape appeared, and um, it, I can only describe it as a, like a bird, giant bird with its wings outstretched. Wow. But if you know the Zoroastrian uh, religion, they have a symbol um, called the Faharafar, I think it's called. Fara. Yeah, I think Farah. And um, it's very similar to that. And it was almost like it burned itself into the side of the bell, as if someone branded it, you know, the, the uh-huh. idea of branding. And as soon as that happened, the word, a word came into my head. It was like my mind all of a sudden became a blank slate and someone wrote mm. um, angel. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I was like, whoa, that's weird. That that is that is very outside of the of the typical especially for a non-religious yeah that is a very different person. from the typical walk in the night in the park eh? exactly and so as soon as that happened the bell the bell cloud kind of moved away to the south and as it moved away it dissipated into nothing within like a few minutes mm. and again there were no clouds in the sky uh, unfortunately there was no one there to corroborate my story mm. and uh, yeah I was just so so excited I practically flew home wow. <laughs> And like, what is the first thing that you did after that? The day afterwards, like you woke up, what happened? Uh, I wrote everything down. Mm. I wrote everything down so it would be clear in my mind. And uh, I was just, you know, like I said before, I, I thought I have to do something about this experience because I know it was just for me, but I want to share it. I want to wow. share it somehow creatively. And wow, tying it back to the short documentary that you're directing, uh, would you actually try to create a, a recreation of that experience? Yes, and as a matter of fact, that's already been shot already. Mm. Um, I just need to put the animation with it. Mm-hmm. And there's one, sorry, there's one shot missing, and that's a, a drone shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get a drone shot coming over me as if I'm looking up into the cl- at the cloud. Yeah. And uh, we'll take that shot there. Nice. Uh, wow. But yeah, it'll be done with uh, animation. I'm thinking 2D at the moment, mm-hmm. um, just because of cost, and, and uh, I think it will mesh with the live action footage together. And we shot uh, all the re- uh, recreation in uh, in daylight, and then we'll turn it into night. Oh, nice! Uh, in post production, nice, yeah. perfect. Wow, this sounds like a plan for sure. <laughs> and what about the interviews? The interviews that you've been uh, basically capturing throughout time right now? Well, they have been almost as fascinating as the experience itself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, interestingly enough, the organized religions that I have interviewed, um, except for the dogma of their own religion, they're basically saying the same thing. Mm. Uh, the Hindu priest, for example, had had many options of what might have happened. Um, one was that I stepped uh, between between worlds at that particular point in Clark Park, mm. and I was able to see them. Oh, wow. Or uh, the Hindus believe that uh, we all come from different planets, and we're here to explore and learn. 
mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty cool idea. <laughs> um, and that they were just there to say, hey, Chris, you know, I, I, we know that you you feel like you're a weirdo and you don't fit in with everybody else. <laughs> uh, but it's okay. It's cool. Um, and by the way... <laughs> well, we're all by the weirdos. Way, by the way, Ruggiero, I, I do feel that way. <laughs> this whole this whole Earth Society thing, I just can't get it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, uh, I mean, uh, many, many problems. But hey, it's, it's a good time to be an artist, eh? Absolutely. Isn't it? Absolutely. This the best time. The best time, for sure. Time to re- recreate a direction for communities and, and the society out there. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating to start to see from the outside. Like, try to isolate yourself from the situation and see all the dynamics that are happening around the world. I mean, of course, th- of course there is a lot of suffering and pain. But looking at it, it, it as, as, as a dynamic on a planet, you know, it's probably the best moment to be here so that we can create a change altogether. And that's where we go back to, for example, your short documentary that that tries to raise awareness about these experiences, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you just have to look historically at, at where all the most amazing or new direction in art came from. And it's the times of the greatest stress, right? And, and we are in the time of the greatest stress probably absolutely. right now. Um, but it's also, you know, I, I don't mean to sound negative or anything like that. It's also a time of great change, right? Yeah. And uh, the universe or the creator or whoever you want to call it, or even us, maybe we're doing it uh, collectively. We're taking down all the, uh, we're breaking down all the barriers mm. um, so that everything is being exposed, right? It's almost like we're the ocean and we're washing away the sand uh, to unveil the beauty and the secrets that have been uh, held for a long time, right? What a metaphor right <laughs> here, eh? Wow, this is, uh, this is gold over gold over gold. This is, um, this is some depth over here. And we can't forget depth. We really can't, eh? Absolutely. It's, uh, Absolutely. We've been living shallowly for so long. For so long. That's why we're in trouble. Thank right? you. Thank you so yeah. much for saying that for the people out there. Like, stop a second and, and meditate over what Chris just said. Because <laughs> if we all take a step closer to this depth and to this uh, awareness, uh, we can truly reconnect everybody. Because, I mean, we are... It's interesting because we're all connected by our loneliness in a way but on the other side that connection can be so strong that it's inevitable to believe that we're bound to other people you know absolutely absolutely and put put down your phone and, uh, and take a look around you know walk somewhere and and sit in a cafe and knock uh, knock your neighbor on the shoulder and say hey what are you doing man you know what are you working on absolutely absolutely yeah? life yeah. is the art of meeting eh? absolutely was there one person that really changed your life Oh, uh, definitely not just one person. There have just been so many people uh, who have been wonderful uh, in my life. Uh, I'd say the most recent one is you, my friend. Uh, yeah. You are the most genuine person that I have met in a long, long time. <laughs> I'm quite serious. I'm quite serious. Uh, you are just so genuine and honest. Uh, it's it's an honor to be here. These words are, are, are wow. I really appreciate these words, but I, I truly feel that genu- genu- being genuine is, is the best gift that you can do to the people around you and also to yourself, right? Even if, even if it might hurt sometimes, it's okay. It's okay. We're all like this, you know. Like uh, it's 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 part of the game, you know. And uh, you you just gotta go with the train all the way, never stopping. Absolutely. But I, uh, yeah, really appreciate these words, eh? But, oh, uh, no worries, no worries, man. I I, I uh, you know that I'm being truthful and from my yeah, heart. Yeah, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. Absolutely. It's a feeling. Absolutely. M- mutual. Nice. Woo, we're gonna take a little break over here, and uh, and then we're gonna catch up. Uh, through the soundtrack of uh, Alien, uh, you know that this is going to be room tone back, so I'll catch up with you in a second.
Welcome back, everybody. Roomtone here. We talk movies because we love it. Chris Hind here, director of the short uh, documentary The Encounter, is going to reach you soon. Uh, fest film festivals around you. Um, now, it's time to get to the pitching. How does that sound for you? Oh, I love to pitch. All right. So we're going <laughs> to get uh, to that setup right away. Um, if you're ready to go, I can just uh, make it happen for you. Get that clock going. And we have one minute. And, uh, and then here in, in the booth, I'm actually going to shake my hand when our 15 seconds are missing from the last so that you know when to sort of wrap it up. And then we go for it. Sounds good. You got it? I'm ready. Awesome. All right. We're going to get that clock going. Oh. This is what happens, people, when you when you pull up the wrong, the wrong uh, level volume, volume level. No invisible walls over here. No invisible walls. All right, let's get it going. And this is the clock for you. Let's give it a shot. And go. All right, here we go. Uh, well, the encounter um, is pretty well done, so I really don't need anything for that. But I want to uh, shoot a short film next, a 10-minute short film. It's a horror film called Dre's. And uh, the script is written. Um, the characters have all been sussed out. The locations are all set to go. And what I'm looking for is a producer, an experienced producer in the horror genre. And the logline for the uh, documentary is the old adage, always read the fine print, uh, has never rung more true when a group of people in a cosmetics focus group learn about animal testing. Oh. So it's a uh, very, very um, out there kind of horror film, um, but I think it'll have uh, great appeal. So once again, I'm looking for a producer that has uh, lots of experience uh, in the horror genre and can help me get this project off the ground. Awesome. And that is pretty much it for the clock. And uh, now, well, that 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 sounds a uh, pretty a pretty interesting plan over there, eh? It's uh, it's your first uh, uh, horror dedicated. Uh, yeah, experience? yeah. I've I've been writing for a long time, uh, drama and horror and sci-fi, and um, the encounter um, is a good. Uh, it's not my first documentary, but a good step towards uh, moving over to the drama dra dramatic world, rather. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, interesting. Okay, experience after experience, project after project. Nice. So the last section of this interview is actually going to take place around uh, Proust. And uh, the, it's basically the Proust questionnaire. And Proust wrote down 35 questions uh, that would believe that uh, would de identify someone's true personality. Okay. And uh, I'm just gonna, we're going to go through five of them randomly. And uh, we just take our time and... Uh, just explore our own uh, ideas, beliefs, sounds emotions. Like, sounds like fun. And uh, the first question, the first question that I'm actually going to ask you is: When and where were you the happiest? Oh, uh, I would say that I was the happiest uh, in a place called Lake Lovely Water, um, which takes about uh, 12 hours to hike to. Mm. Um, it's a very secluded spot near Squamish, um, and it's an alpine lake right on the top of the mountain, so probably like 15 or 2,000 feet above sea level. Oh, wow. And it's a real journey to get there, and I just had so many spiritual experiences when I got there. It's uh, for one thing, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's it's uh, it's almost like uh, <laughs> what I imagine uh, trekking to Mecca would be like. Okay, it, it's okay. like it's like that for for the spiritually natural naturalistically minded, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it was just wonderful. I I often go there when I need to in my mind 
when I need to uh, to ground myself. And actually, spiritual things from the lake still come to visit me uh, in my home, and sometimes when I'm sleeping at night. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. interesting, interesting, crazy, crazy, very, yeah, yeah. But uh, wow, there is. Uh, uh, I believe that the when it, when it, we get in touch with nature, we truly remind ourselves our 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 own how our own inside is wired and shaped. Huh? Absolutely, and and I was there for like four or five days, and and oh. uh, as soon as I got home uh, and took a shower, uh, I cried in the shower because. I didn't want to be here. Oh, wow. I wanted to be there. So it was a camping move, basically, and just... Uh, uh, there's actually it. a cabin up there that oh, you okay. can... You can uh, beautiful cabin, uh, but you can you can camp there as well. Okay, yeah. wow. Uh, it's interesting because I actually had very similar uh, experience spiritually connected with, uh, with sort of like... Uh, I wouldn't say call it isolation, but uh, up there in the mountains, uh, there is this sort of ritual that always pushes me to climb this mountain and go in the Rifugio de Fe. There is... Uh, uh, basically in the border between Italy and France yes and uh, that that feeling that moment when, when it's so it's so pure that when the moon comes out it feels like the sun you know and everything is so bright with the moon just there and nothing else absolutely you know and you go by yourself yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. it's it's extremely enjoyable and then uh, shooting time lapses or exploring just over there enjoy, yeah. enjoying the 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 richness and at the same time, solitude and power of nature, you know? Yes. Because it's, it's all one anyways. Yeah, yeah. So you're, th- and that's, that's, you brought up another good point is, is the whole thing about isolation and being comfortable with yourself, right? Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, I'm sure everybody has friends where that is like blah 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's just like, I like silence because I'm, you know, I'm not bragging or anything like that. But if you're comfortable with yourself, I think that's part of the trick, right? Yeah. To life is that. Uh, you need you need to recharge your batteries alone. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super tasty over here. Okay, we're gonna go to the second question of the Proust questionnaire, and that question is: What is your current state of mind? Oh, uh, well, I have to say that the past month has been extremely uh, challenging. In terms of obstacles, uh, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, because mm. I think we learn when the obstacles are put before us. And mm. uh, there's also a saying that uh, the Creator or the universe or God um, doesn't give us what we're not ready for. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, I guess my present state of mind would be evolved. Okay, <laughs> nice. Um, I'm learning a great deal about myself um, and about my own boundaries, because uh, I've had some experiences with. Uh, with clients that I work with uh, that have been unsavory, um, to mm. put it nicely, and uh, disrespectful. So I am all about reclaiming my um, self-worth and my mm-hmm. self-worth boundaries. And, and uh, yeah, that's where I am. Wow. I hope that answered the question. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting to, to, um, to place, you know, uh, place, place emotions around you, you know. And the idea, well, and same thing, for example, for fear, you know, many people tend to place fear in front of them where it can stop them, but placing it behind you can give you that extra boost, right? And that's where I'm going to go with the third question of the Proust questionnaire. What is your greatest fear? Woo! <laughs> okay, you get a gold star for the okay, okay. <laughs> most difficult Proust question you could have asked me. Yeah, it's, it's not easy, but I ask them to the people that I know no, can answer. This is a great question. This is a great question. Uh, 
that would be um I have such high expectations and hopes of myself, you know, and the evo- this brings in the evolution question as well. I would be fearful that I never got it to the never got it never got to the point where I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been always been a, a late bloomer in things. Like uh, film is my second career. I, I had a career as an environmental scientist mm-hmm. um, in an earlier mm-hmm. life. Wow. Yeah, and. Um, I just feel that I am evolving and and pushing. And uh, you asked me earlier um, uh, about all my different aspects of filmmaking and and how it come to how it came to film. And you know, like people like Clint East, Clint Eastwood and John Carpenter, two of my favorite directors because they write, they score, they act, they direct, they do everything right. So if I never got my fear would be if I never got to the place. Uh, as a feature film director, mm-hmm. probably that's that's it. Okay, interesting. Okay, I, I, I uh, it's it's very fascinating. Uh, the aspect of you know environmental scientist uh, uh, layer of yours. It's something that many many people you know might not might not even see coming because you know such a such a rounded, rounded artist. You know. So what do you take from the sciences actually to the arts? Um, well, uh, great question. I I uh, have never really given up my environmentalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I just weave it into my creative expression. Uh, most of my film scripts, for example, my feature film scripts, um, are about either a dystopian Earth where mm. things have gone horribly wrong. Okay. <laughs> or uh, one script called uh, Interface is about a scientist who um, creates a computer interface which allows him to speak to orcas and orcas to speak to oh, humans. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, it's never gone away. I just have uh, kind of reorganized it into my life, if you will. Man, um, what happens in that script? I want to know, hey? Oh, good. man. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you can see the film, hopefully, and uh, and you'll, you'll find out. Holy moly, interface. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I, I believe that actually animals are, some animals are able to communicate even better than, than us, eh? Oh, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially orcas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've just had so many hundreds of thousands of years to evolve and and uh, evolve their language, right? Uh, you know, some people think that their echolocation, they can even see emotion. Mm. So, you know, and their brains wow. are bigger than ours. So if that's any indication of yeah. intelligence or, or uh, evolution, then wow. they're way ahead of us. What would you do if you could actually see emotions? Uh, I have to say, I don't really need to because I mm. feel that I am kind of like a natural empath anyway mm-hmm. so I, I'm a very good reader of people and um, uh, I, I don't think it would help me that much um, but I, I think it would be a wonderful things for humans to have because you know we could immediately see when <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone yeah. had some black color and some dark well, brown you know and well i guess i'll stay away from uh, frank today. it's probably our journey <laughs> as human beings to be able to see emotions huh yeah well i mean you and i we're we're reading each other right now with our mm. our auras and, and thing right we're totally mm. intertwined right now and, mm. and uh, i don't think people realize that that's happening all the time we are mm. totally you know touchy-feely with our with our uh, auras and other senses that we 
have forgotten about mm-hmm. you know maybe mm-hmm. we, maybe like you, you know maybe we we're not evolving towards that maybe we're just rediscovering what we used to be able to do mm-hmm. that's uh, that sounds uh, very familiar as well because in the history there have been many 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 aspects of of history that have been enforcing what you just said you know and we're just constantly relearning i mean Life is like a, an economy, right? It goes up and down, you know? So we might be learning as, as, and as well, we, we might be de-learning some stuff. De-learning oh. and relearning and it's all a curve. Yeah, well said. Well said, my friend. It becomes uh, very, very fascinating. Okay. Fourth question of the Proust questionnaire. Woo-hoo! What is your most treasured possession? Wow. Um, my most treasured possession. Uh... I have a lot of treasured possessions. Let me just narrow it down. It's, nothing came out right at the beginning there. No hurry, no hurry, no hurry um, at all. I have a little shrine that I've set up uh, in my home where I have um, things that I've collected in nature and, and things like that. Uh, is there anything there that would be it? It might not be a possession, like a maybe non. It doesn't have to be a physical thing itself. We can bend the question a little bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's really helped me narrow things down. Mm. I, I'm gonna have to say uh, that the experience of the encounter mm. would be uh, what else in my lifetime could be more mm. precious, right? Wow. Yeah. There are many, many, many people out there I've been hearing. They said the, be- the most beautiful moments of your life, you will experience them on your own, just on your own. And uh, that, is, uh, uh, that is thoughtful, you know. It makes you think, it makes you believe, it makes you feel as well. For all the people that you love and care in this, in, in this planet, you know. And, yes. Um, you just uh, hope this, the, the best uh, castle of cards within, you know? It's all a castle of cards, you know? Sometimes it falls, you gotta put it back up, a win comes. Absolutely, and, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> We're playing a game, man. Oh, We're yeah. playing a game. This is indeed a game. <laughs> now, are we the player or are we the played? That's the big question, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. a big question. Um, okay, we started with happiness with uh, with uh, the Proust questionnaire and we're going to end with happiness and Excellent. I'll ask you what is your idea of perfect happiness? Oh, enjoying um, and experiencing every millisecond um, as if it were your last. Um, I think uh, as humans it's natural for us and particularly in the society and this very heavy three-dimensional world that mm. we've created for ourselves um, to get lost and uh, forget about the most important things. Um, so, so yeah, oh, just yeah. enjoying everything. And, and like you just said earlier, it's all about our experience, right? It's, it's not really important what everyone else is doing. It's, it's up to us. And if we're enjoying it and um, enjoyment can come and appreciation and beauty can come from so many different things. Mm-hmm. Remember, um, in uh, that film, what's it called? Something with uh, where the paper, where the plastic bag was floating in the air around the garage. Uh, American Beauty. American oh, Beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let it out, man. Let yeah. it out. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And the young kid was just like, that was some of the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. Mm. And uh, well, yeah. I mean, how many things have you just personally noticed? You know, on a walk to the bus stop, or mm. or something like that. It, you know, it might be a, 
a child giving um, someone on the street a, a burger that they Very bought true. for them or something like that or even something even less than that you yeah. know just someone helping an old lady up onto the bus yeah. or, or whatever but um, just trying to live each moment to its fullest and and like it was the last moment because you know time is just an illusion and mm-hmm. oh now, high five in the booth man this now, is my language now is where man. it's at yeah, absolutely <laughs> well uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's very interesting to get to 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 tackle and explore these corners eh because uh, the more i the more we i go ahead the more i notice that people have a tendency towards love and sometimes the problem is in society is to communicate that intention you know and, and it's almost like if love is the ultimate boundary the ultimate layer it's all at the end of 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 the whole spectrum there is nothing else behind behind love and hate and sadness and everything is just in front but it's just channeled and communicated in a different way absolutely and when we get to that you know like what do you think that society could do to pierce through all the layers and reach a common state of love oh um Wasn't it uh, Timothy Leary or someone like that who, who said, you know, did, had that expression like dropout and, and all that kind of stuff? Do you, do you remember mm. that? It's a long time ago. That's like in the 60s. <laughs> anyway, I'll explain it. Um, it's like uh, it's like I was saying before, um, don't get caught up in, in things that don't really concern your own life. Like I mentioned Donald Trump or, or social mm-hmm. media or something like that. Um, we need to be more self-aware. I think that's, that's the big thing. And... Um, how much in your own life can you do to to make the world a better place that doesn't have to be you know going out in the front lines and and uh risking your life like at the pipeline or something like that it could be any just a simple thing you know like even using um 100 recycled toilet paper for yeah, yeah, for instance yeah. like if we all did that you know how many trees we'd save yeah oh true way eh? Mm-hmm. just the little things like that so just be self-aware and try and educate yourself you know the uh i'm, I'm going on a little tangent here but let's the media let's the, go but the media right five or six major multinationals mm-hmm. own the media like yeah. how can there be true reporting yeah They, we've totally lost the ability to be um investigative journalists mm. um so if you If you're still trusting what you hear on the radio, not so much CITR. <laughs> plug there, plug there. But like the major news channels and, and papers and stuff like that, if you're still believing the stuff that they're throwing at you, you need to have a look in the mm-hmm. mirror and... and uh, Because it's, it's all lies. It's mm-hmm. all lies. Too many filters, eh? Absolutely. All right, I'm going to ask you uh, one thing for the people out there. How can people reach you? Oh, um, uh, I have a number of websites. Mm-hmm. Um, I can post them uh, in the website. I can put the links down. Yes, and yes. I have my regular uh, personal Facebook account. I have uh, the Encounter uh, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a website called just chrishine.com. Perfect. Uh, you can hear my music on SoundCloud at mm. Chris Hind Entertainment. Okay. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, We're gonna make a move and list and uh, put some uh, some links uh, right in the good. description. Yeah, That's good. gonna be the move. Before we wrap this up, what is your advice to the filmmakers out there in the process of uh, finishing and telling a story? Oh well, um, I have a number of things that I'd like to to advise. Uh, one is to never give up. Um, as I mentioned with the encounter, um, I had short periods of time where I didn't uh, put the. Uh, 
project on the shelf. Um, don't let money be a hindrance to your creativity. Um, because there are so many people, we just talked about connect, connectivity and making connections, uh, that want to help you succeed, that want to work on your project uh, for little or no money. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all for paying artists what they deserve. But when you're first starting out making your first film, and no one's holding a gun to anybody's head, they want to help you, right? They want to help you. Uh, there's so many people out there. Uh, Ruggiero and I met at Raindance, mm-hmm. um, um, Booze and Smooze. And uh, there's just so many wonderful people out there. So many people have helped me there with my documentary and offering help and assistance. Um, yeah, don't ever give up. Keep following your passion. Um, what else did I want to say? <laughs> I think those are the biggies. Yeah, this is this is amazing. This is gold. This is gold <laughs> and, and uh, passion channel through the microphones all spread all over the place out there. This is amazing. All right, we're going to have to wrap this up. Uh, well, this is basically Room Tone, guys. If you are a filmmaker, storyteller, director, producer, production designer, cinematographer, editor, whoever in the industry, and you have passion to share, just send us an email at listentoroomtone at gmail.com. I'm Ruggero, and, uh, well, we're pretty much going to reach out next Wednesday, every week uh, at 2 here at CITR. And now, the soundtrack chosen by our guest, Chris Hind. This is Alien. Enjoy. <laughs>